Hello and welcome to Angel's Costumes Behind the Seams. I'm Jeremy Angel. And I'm Jonathan Lippman. This is Richard Green. Uh, today's podcast is my interview with Amy Roberts. Amy and this company go back a long, long way. And she is most recently, I suppose, known for being the most current designer on The Crown. In fact, when I spoke to her the other day, she said she had something like six interviews to do. So I'm rather glad we got in quite a while ago now. And while well, I had her still fresh. I think it's a very good interview. Amy is an extraordinarily nice and extremely pleasant person. She's thoughtful. Uh, we talk about how she got into the business and her days at the BBC. And I hope that everybody enjoys it very, very much. I know it was a pleasure to talk to her and uh, I hope you find it a pleasure to listen. We hope you've been enjoying these chats. We've been enjoying your feedback. If you've got any questions or requests, please send them to podcast at angels.co.uk. Please visit our website. It's www.angels.co.uk behindthescenes.com you can find us on social media we're on instagram twitter and facebook we are forward slash costume podcast and now here's richard's chat with amy roberts hi my name is richard green from angels costumes and today i'm delighted to be talking to amy roberts the costume designer amy hello hi richard hello how are you all right yes fine i'm fine Good, good, good. Um, we have a sort of standard five questions which we can we can riff around. So um, I'll start and we'll see where the conversation goes. I know what I'd like to talk to you about, but you may have different, <laughs> different, different <laughs> okay. thoughts. How did you start in the business? Well, I started, I had no clue, like a lot of people, I think, what I wanted to do. All I knew that I wanted to do was to go to art school. I left school at 16. I'd been at Saturday art schools. You had Saturday art schools in my day. Yeah. And I was good at three things at school. I was good at drawing, English, history. So and going to art school was going to be the coolest thing I could do then. Which art school was that, Amy? I went to Croydon. Did you? Yes, I, I used did. to go to gigs at Croydon Art School. Yeah, well, it was absolutely brilliant. In, it was. In, in that time. I, I mean, I was taught by Bridget Riley. I mean, the Kinks were students there. Mm. I mean, it was Barry Fantini. It was a brilliant place. So anyway, I trotted off there, kind of naive. I was only 16, didn't have a clue about anything. Yeah. And, you know, you do your foundation at art school where you have a go and you have a choice of doing other subjects for like three months. It could be sculpture, fashion, graphics. And they also had the most amazing theatre department at Croydon. So I gave it a go and... I thought, I love this. I absolutely loved it. I'd had a little kind of, not a little knowledge about it because my dad was a keen theatre goer. Right. But I don't know. And I just loved it there. And there were a fantastic bunch of students, a wonderful particular teacher, Suzanne Adams, who saw some potential in me and really pushed me you know there's always a good teacher behind lots of people yeah, on there absolutely the, the, the one inspirational teacher that kind of yeah. brings yeah. out whatever it is that that, yes. that you don't yeah. recognize in yourself but actually actually finds it for you Completely. and encourages you that's brilliant. yeah and she prodded and pushed and made me do good things and that that was my time there four years there 
And then I thought, well, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, and I specialised in costume in the final year because I like drawing people and not buildings or sets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, it was as simple as that. Just so oh, I like drawing people. So then I thought, well, what do I do with that? And I thought, well, theatre do costumes. So I wrote round to lots of theatres, got a job as an assistant in a rep company. And I worked Which one? down at Leatherhead. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Sybil Thorndike, it was brand mm. new then. And I was a lovely designer there. And she was very patient with me because, again, I was very green, really. But I learned a lot, learned a lot, you know, how you get production together. Yeah. And I'm sure I was the worst assistant in the world, but she was brilliant. And then I thought, well, what do I do now? Television do costumes. I wrote off to the BBC and had an interview, and they took me on for three months, and then they took me on, they extended the contract. So that's sort of how I learnt the trade in a right. way. So you had your sort of three-month three month preliminary at the BBC, and then, then they actually employed you, because you were BBC staff, costume staff. Yes, you, I, was, yeah. I was, I yeah. was. Yeah, they took, took us on. There were about seven of us, I think, Barbara Kidd and... Uh, Judy Pepperdine and so on. That class. <laughs> I think I was a year. I think I was a class below them. But there you go. Um, and there I worked with. You remember those kind of grand dams of of television design. I do the scary ones. Really yes. scary. Yeah. Scary bossy. But, but clever. But hugely clever. Yeah. Hugely disciplined. Because that suddenly, I'd been all airy-fairy and at art school you have, you know, two months to design Romeo and Juliet. Well, suddenly you've got to speed things up a bit and think quickly and intelligently. And that's what, well, I hope I learned to do with that kind of class of designer during Mm. that period. So you were a costume assistant at that point. So so yes. what was the first the first show they actually gave you on your own then? The first show they gave me, and wow, what a fantastic show. It was called Spend, Spend, Spend. Could have been the BBC costume department motto at that point, yes. couldn't it? Yeah, oh my gosh, I know. I know. <laughs> Taxes to the West End to collect a, a, oh, a reel a of coffee. A pin, a exactly. pin. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But it was it, yeah, it was a Jack Rosenthal oh, nice. written piece, mm. and it was about Viv Nicholson, who was the a big pools winner, and she was from from Yorkshire. And it was one of those. It wasn't a play for today, but it was that you know very naturalistic, yes, brilliant, yeah. brilliant piece. Why they asked me to do it, I don't think there was anybody else available or something. So then there I was, thrown into that, and it was a big success. So in a way, I think they thought, oh, maybe she can do it. Maybe, you know, we'll give her something else. And Mm. so it kind of, that was my amazing first job, really. And it was a a wonderful job. Because, of course, what what used to happen at the BBC was that there was a, a... 
as you say, a pool of very, very talented designers and costume assistants. I mean, that that circular floor on, on the third floor, wasn't it? Yeah, third, third floor. floor. Circular floor on the third on, on the third yeah, floor was yeah, an amazing yeah. place to go and visit with those offices. Yeah, um, yeah. But you were very much kind of staff designer, or all of you were staff designers. So you you would, I mean, for argument's sake, I know you did your stint on Doctor Who. Yes, yes, I did, and you didn't have much say in what you wanted to do. No. And I remember thinking, I've no interest in Doctor Who. It wasn't my cup of tea. Science fiction has never particularly appealed to me. But, of course, Doctor Who is much more than that. I know that now yeah. or then. Was it the you were, you were Peter Davidson time, weren't you? So I, still... I think the first one was, no, I did do one with Lala Ward and... Tom Baker. Yes, yes. It, no, I did one with them, and then no, I didn't. I didn't kick off Peter Davidson because I didn't know his look. I don't think. Right. So no, I th- I think the doctors no. were established when I did it. I probably got that wrong, but you had to do monsters, didn't you? I mean, each each. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, and yeah, they were lo- monsters in a lagoon, and we filmed it in Black Park in the lake there. And I, <laughs> I mean, it was very early days and, you know, latex everywhere. Alex Carey, who made them for us, it was, yes. it was all very last minute. And I just prayed every time these monsters went in the lake that the latex wouldn't fall off. Well, I think it did a lot of the time. So you're right. I mean, I used to have to refurbish them for the Doctor Who exhibitions for a while. And the oh. bits were always falling off all of the monsters. You know, they'd, they'd have to go back to Alex to be sort of glued back together again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But my golly, that's doing something like that, you get kind of fans, you know. I, m- I remember mm. going on the set once and the young runner rushing and saying you're Amy Roberts and I I said yeah and he said well you did Doctor Who in 19 whatever and it was this and that it was just you know I've never ever done anything like that the the, the Who fan no, the, the, the fan base is is quite amazing it's for Doctor phenomenal Who, it? it's absolutely yeah, it phenomenal is. yeah and so then staff staff costume designer if you had to do presumably a game show or as you say Doctor Who or a, a, a drama series um you'd do it but uh, then there was a point obviously, where, where you stopped being a BBC costume designer. Well, I stopped for the very simple reason I was going to have a baby. And I had a feeling a lot of women at that time, when they had kids, would be thought of as she can't do a big show because she's got a child or children. Mm. I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to be just stuck in that mould of doing perfectly nice, but light thing, yes, yeah, yeah, light sort of, you know, relatively straightforward shows. So I thought, I'm off, I'm out of here. So Mm, I just took the plunge. I also had worked with John Schlesinger on a brilliant project. So in a way, I sort of went out on a bit of a high. Mm. I got a BAFTA and I got a baby. So I thought, I'm going to just go now and see what happens. 
I'm not going to ask you which one made you happiest. <laughs> <laughs> Although presumably you've still got both. I've got both, <laughs> yes. In fact, yeah. you've got two daughters. And you? I've got a few more, yes, and, a, and another battle. So, yes, yeah, so there we are, you see. <laughs> she says showing off, yeah. No, 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 well, you've you got it flaunted. That's what I say, girl. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, you're, you know, again, I, I've, I've, I've looked at your IMDb credits. Of course I have. And, you know, it, it's a nice body of work, a great body of work. And, and which um, we inevitably will talk about the crown in a moment, I think. But which is which is the the production that you're most proud of? Oh, um, not the lagoon creatures, presumably. Not but, the um... lagoon creatures. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's one that I can say I'm most proud of. I don't know what other designers feel, but often it's an amalgamation of things on a production. But a good piece, a well written piece a kind of period you like, something that's going to say something about society or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's also that group of people you're working with, Richard, I think. Right, so the actors and, and the director and... And, and my know, crew. My crew, yes, yes. For me, there's like a film I did, which was hugely successful, but I had the most miserable time on it. And sometimes I think... You can get everything in this job. You can do fantastic work uh, with great people and a great crew. And that is such a joy. So I don't know. What am I most proud of? I, I, I it's probably an unfair question, really. I mean, I suppose I suppose the summit, what interests you is, is, you know, what draws you to a project is the subject and the period and the, the people you're working with. And then... I suppose to a certain extent, Amy, it's the luck of the draw if it works out well. If you've got a good team and you're yeah. supported all the way through, yeah. Yeah. then it's an enjoyable experience, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think <clears throat> you read the script and there's you know straight away, I think, yes, this is it. You know, you take a little intake of breath and you think, I love this. I can give something to this project. Yeah. And the mistakes I've made where you think, oh, God, I've got to pay the mortgage or whatever, don't right. like the job, are always a disaster. But then you yeah. have to do that sometimes. So Yes, and again, it's part of the discipline, I suppose. I mean, you know, Giles, who you've heard the interview, speaks extremely warmly about you. Mm. Uh, and I, I, know that, uh, I know that you feel very fond of him as well. So, you know, having having supportive crew like Giles and his team and 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 indeed your your design team must make a, a, a big difference to to your comfort and your sort of happiness on a, on a project yes I think it does and also mm. you're working from a place of strength somehow aren't you I yes think. yeah I, I don't think anybody does any good work from fear you don't get these shouting shouty directors anymore but you did you know, when yeah, I was a sure. young assistant, young designer, you would get people like that. That doesn't happen now. I think people are much more respectful and caring. Mm. Yeah. You don't do your best work from fear, do you? So No, no. Um, and I have had conversations with you in the past where you've been desperately unhappy on a production and, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. basically queried why you're doing it and of course the answer is well i've got a mortgage to pay or yeah. this has to yeah. happen or whatever yeah. um so i mean Richard, yeah. i am a jobbing costume designer i can say no more than that i'm 
perfectly okay at what I do, but I often think that's what I am. You, you know. Well, I I I I would disagree. Um, if 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 when you say a jobbing design, you mean somebody who kind of just gets the job done. You do get the job done, of course you do. But I think yeah. you put far more passion and thought and care into it than than somebody who's just kind of getting it done. Yeah. I mean, we will talk about the crown because I know you know well. Have we finished the last series? I'm a little confused now about it. I think it has ended. I just don't think yeah. the costumes have been sent back yet. But no, um, I think because they got sort of stuck, didn't they, at the yes, studio yes, yeah, when it, yeah. uh, you know, COVID kicked off. But you know, you don't you don't get invited back on a second series of of something true. as big and a, yeah, that's that true. If, if, if yeah. you've if you've gone through the motions. And I know, I know because I know how many samples went out. Just just how much research and thought you put into your primarily your principles of course but but the overall look of the 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 show yeah I mean I'm not being sort of modest about it I'm just saying it's a job it's a fantastic job would you do anything else hindsight oh I you you know you play those games don't you on the Mm, film of course you do I, only, but. I wouldn't know what else to do now. No. I mean, I don't think I would, you see. I mean, there are certainly things in my life I would do differently. Yeah. But I don't think, yeah, I could, you know, what happened if I'd have been, I don't think, I don't think I've ever felt unfulfilled. Do you? No. And I, Good. A, I'm not that sort of person. I think it's, you know, too late now. No, I, I mean, it is the most brilliant job. It, even when, when it's Isn't tough, it? yeah. I can't think of any other job where it's creative or, you know, pretty well most of the time creative, thinking on your feet, working with really interesting people on the whole. Yeah. There's no particular class system, which is good. Yeah. And there are moments when you look at what you're doing or what you've done and you get such a thrill. Not all the time, but there are moments, oh, this is why I do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When something really works, like a particular costume on Elizabeth the First, or you know, and you think, yeah, God, we're lucky, aren't we? Yes. And the other thing I like, and I'm sure most people are like this, something different every day. That's yes, really yeah, different challenge, different challenges, different places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, we talked. Uh, I talked to Giles about the set pieces. Were you pleased with the investiture? Yes. I mean, to be honest, there was much more shot of it. I, You hardly saw any of it. And um, that's, <laughs> you know. The, <laughs> yeah, all, that, all that trouble and oh, effort. I mean, I, I mean every designer, every, everybody is going to say that, aren't they? But, I mean, I don't. if you saw the Queen Mum and Princess Margaret and Princess Anne, it, well, you if you, if you blinked, you wouldn't have seen them. I saw more of Princess Margaret's costume, I think, in the interview yes. that they were giving around the yeah. subject rather yeah. than the actual, yeah. the actual yeah. piece. But equally, that I like that ruthlessness of this is not moving the story along uh, that, you know, the writer wanted to say, to get rid of it. That, that's, yeah. that's what it is, and that's yeah. that's fine. Mm. And the costumes on the crown, unlike lots of things, get this second life of going on exhibition and photographed, yes. and so that's a real luxury. Yes, and I mean, you you you've designed and, and I mean, some 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 of these, of course, as, again, as I said in a previous one with Giles, some of these are costumes that you've had to sort of replicate because yeah. you're matching in with with newsreel. But you've still had 
a lot of flexibility and, and ability to sort of work around the subject where there yeah. isn't specific yeah, reference I think- to yeah it's like the scripts really you have point you have real events well like you just said the investiture jubilees weddings whatever you you have the that are very well documented the queen going to Aberfan. you you it would be pointless veering away from that but those are actually a few key moments there's masses in between those bookends where you have people, the Queen, in very private moments, Windsor or Balmoral in series four, that will be, mm-hmm. uh, where you can be much more imaginative and creative. And just it's as fulfilling as doing anything from scratch, really, yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's not all about just recreating, copying. Obviously, the uniforms are. Yes. They've got to be absolutely spot on, as you'd know, Richard. Yes. Um, Because an awful lot of people out there are going to tell you they're wrong. They are. um, (laughs) They do. (laughs) Exactly. Sometimes Um, they're right. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it is is fun for us doing your productions of The Crown because, again, you know, it's it's nice to see these costumes going out. And as you get more and more towards now time, I suppose, um, it doesn't get any easier, does it? That's for sure. No, I don't think so. Although I think series four, there's still, I think I still say there's these big elements where we don't really know what happened. Mm. Even with Diana, and you just assume it's just going to be straight copies of everything. A lot of the story, her story, you don't know what went on. I mean, I can't, can't reveal her the first time we see Diana, but it will be very unexpected, you Mm. know from what we see here at the beginning to the end. So there's a huge scope for being creative there. Yes, yes. And again, I mean, I suppose there are two sides to your job. Let's talk about the crown again. The, no, there's, the, there's the There's the making side. Yeah. There's all of those costumes. And I mean, I know you had workshops that were yes. for making and making and making. Yeah. And then there's the rental side and the, and the costumes that we're supplying. And, yes, and, costume hangers are supplying how important is that relationship well it's vital absolutely vital to a know the your stock and what you can provide and particularly uniforms richard if you can't how you we can go about with you sourcing them or having them made like you know olivia coleman had to have a very specific uniform didn't she which yes, she did. Made. yes she did so it's absolutely vital and the budgetary restraints everybody thinks the crown has limitless money i mean it's certainly one of the biggest budgets i've ever worked on but it's still not mammoth so you no. particularly giles who keeps an eye on that you have to still have be very careful there so having a good relationship as i do with everybody at angels to be able to talk about things yeah. rather than just pretend it'll all be fine and it'll all go away. And then, you know, and I've been coming here for a long time, haven't I? So I think we all know each other pretty well. And trust each other, Amy. Very much so. Very much yeah. so. I mean, I've done tiny little low budget films 
with tuppence. And I always find you and Tim just incredibly supportive about sort of finding a way we can we can work within that tuppence, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely vital. I mean, I think, I think our philosophy is if somebody comes in and says, look, I, I've only got tuppence and I need 15 pounds worth of costume, yeah. then, you know, within reason we'll do it. It's when people pretend they've got 15 oh, pounds and they've yeah. only got tuppence yeah. <laughs> that the, 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 issues, the, yeah. the issues crop up. But yeah, yeah. I mean, again, the way the way it works with you and I is, you'll come in, you'll sit down and talk to Tim or to me. We'll discuss the budget, and we'll 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 make it work, won't we? And I yes. think that is important. Yeah, that is important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like Giles said the other day: you've got to be completely transparent. I think that's the way I like to work, and I think that's how I am as a person. So, oh, very much, very much. I, I don't think there's any side to Amy Roberts whatsoever. No. I <laughs> now, when you were busy collecting your BAFTA and your first child, um, I was going to talk about a relationship because I know that Sid, your mm. daughter, has been working with you um, at the yes. moment, and of course, you know, we're a family company. We're seven, possibly eight generations into it, and there are a lot in our industry of family members coming in yes yes which i think is a very healthy way and it's, it's one of the things we've we've discussed in the past you know if you if you want a job in costume then maybe you should have a have a family member in yeah. costume because that that will certainly yeah. help but i'm assuming that um that that there are strengths and there are weaknesses to having having your daughter working with you but obviously it works for you well it it works for me because she's absolutely brilliant and it's like you know you get actors from acting dynasties and they always say yeah. it actually wasn't easy for me and I think it's the same because and she's aware of it you can't uh, she doesn't want to let me down so I think in a way often you work even harder to, to deny that oh I've only got this job because my mum's a designer I think you've got to work doubly hard and then it is like acting dynasties, or you get families of doctors, don't you, or dentists, or yes, or solicitors. Or yeah, absolutely. Because you've grown absolutely. up, and it's like that's always been around you. And I think if you have a, a kind of bent towards it, then it will happen. I mean, please, please don't get me wrong. I don't see this as nepotism in any way. I mean, Sid, I think is an extraordinarily talented mm. woman, and I think you know she will be a very, very good yeah, designer. Yeah. And I think it's a good relationship. And I think I think having having an example growing up probably is a you know oh mum's off doing this yeah. and it's not all glamour. Yeah. She sees the you know and let's, let's not kid ourselves. This industry is not glamorous. Cool, and absolutely, it's really really hard work. I mean, you, you're mm, leaving the house yeah. at five in the morning. You, you get back eight nine o'clock in the evening, and you and particularly with a big show like The Crown, you eat and breathe and sleep it i mean it never ever it doesn't leave you and no, consumes, consumes you, you totally totally mm. you know you don't have a life really no. but then you give it everything and then it stops and you could take if you can you know you can take a month off or whatever or an enforced time now we're all having yes yes how's the garden looking it is <laughs> It's so overloved, Richard. I think it's. <laughs> I found myself cutting a bit of the lawn with shears the other day because I thought you'd. 
<laughs> but it's a, I mean, I do not suggest for one moment that Sid was born with a silver pin in her mouth, as yeah, it were. I, I know um, you weren't. I just worry people. Yeah, no, I mean, I think anybody who thinks that, look, look, it soon becomes apparent that if there is somebody who's taken on because they happen to be um, and they're not up to the job, then, you know, it soon becomes apparent to everybody, including yeah, them, I suspect. Yeah. So, you know, they are sick. And I can, I can name lots and lots of lots and lots of, oh, of yeah. these and they are always successful oh. because I think they've learned by example. Yeah, and I wasn't being on going on the defensive. It was more really no, I know. sort of kind of maybe young people listening and thinking, oh, well, it's okay for her because her mum's in it. It really isn't okay for her. As you say, they have to run twice as hard so. and work twice yeah. as hard yeah. as everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But she is obviously a support and she is obviously taking some of the strain, which well, you know, is, yeah. is exactly what it is that my assistant should yes. be doing, of course, whether they're family yeah, or not. Yeah, exactly. So. She and, I mean, we're a big team in The Crown. That, that was mm-hmm. quite a shock to me from going from productions where I probably worked with three, four other people. Suddenly, I checked with Giles, says it can be 40, 45 in our yeah. yeah, I mean it's massive. It's a small business. Actually. It is like a and and they mm. all, as well as Sid, they all are a, an amazing bunch of people. It, it's been one of the joys of doing the Crown, really. I I do think it's very heartening the way you know the the talent is out there, and you can you and I say you and Giles can sort of pull that talent in and 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 mould it into a team that works well. And of course, everybody has off days, and everybody has has the occasional tantrum and a bit of a bit of a moody. But by and large, keeping a team like that on side on track for a long time, and it's a long it's, period, yes. isn't it? You've been yeah for for us in prep, it's nearly a year. But yeah. also the plus, of course, because you have such a big team, you're meeting a lot of new people as well. You have that opportunity to yeah. to meet new people. And, and like Giles was saying, you think, wow, they're, they're great. Or there's something about him or her. Let's Let's get them back. Why don't we try them step up a step? Let's see how they get on there. And yeah. that's... Brilliant to be able to do that. Absolutely. So you 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 do see part of your role then as a sort of a nurturing and a and a and a I hope so. encouraging the, the the future. Yeah. Well. Good. Good. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. I mean, it's vital, isn't it? You know, I'm not going to do it forever or want to do it forever. Mm. And having said, oh, it's tough and it's hard. There is no more exciting, better job in many ways. I agree. And, and Richard, there's room for different abilities and strengths. You know, you don't all have to be wildly creative. You can be super good at organising, which will make you a fantastic supervisor. Giles is the rarity of being a designer and a supervisor, as I know you discussed with him. There's room for lots of different skills within the costume team. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm thinking of the people who who basically sit on set and check continuity and and all of those. Yes, who are very, yeah, very meticulous and fastidious. People who I always think uniform. There's a real skill in and and an obsession that can be fulfilled there, you know? And I... I think that's what I'd love to 
push out there that it's you don't have to be the designer it's not the be all and end all there's other fantastic roles in there and for boys for men I think I'd like to see more young men coming through the ranks yes. really yes. I mean it, it is it strikes me as a, as a as a side of the entertainment industry that is underrepresented with with yeah. especially young, yeah. young guys I, yeah I think so mm. and and I, I'd love to see that change and realise that actually, as as I say, organisation, there's travel. Yeah. You know. And this also not 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 to forget the fact that it's actually physically demanding. You know, the number it's, of number of costume yeah. designers and costume people I know with bad backs and bad shoulders. Oh, um, backs, totally. Yeah, you know, yeah. just carrying too many costumes on too many rails for too yeah. long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely, I know. So the advice that you'd give somebody listening to this basically is, is you pretty well said it, I think, you know, except the fact there are a multitude of, of, of abilities and talents required and, and, and yes. go for it, I think, don't you? I think give it a go. I mean, I mean, I can say this because the Crown, as I say, is a, has a big staff and we, we can give people a go. Yeah. It's often hard on little productions, isn't it, when you've got a tiny crew, so they've got to be actually pretty top. Yes, yes. Give it a go, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, so there we are. Now that, and I, I think I think actually as a as a attitude to life generally I think that's and, yeah. Energy and humour are quite useful to have, Richard, I think. Yes, I think so too, Amy. <laughs> yeah. So, Amy, thank you very, very much for talking to me. It's been a real delight, as always, um, both on air and off air. So, thank you, Richard. It's been fun, and I, I hope people get something out of it, really. And come and work in the costume yep. department. Your costume department needs you. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Amy. Bye for now, Richard. Bye. Well, he's not here to say it, but that was a lovely, lovely interview that Richard just yeah. did with Amy. It just, it just sounded two people just having a really nice chat over a, over a drink. Yeah, they've they've got a they've got a lot in common in terms of their points of reference and experience. And I was fortunate enough to have have the opportunity of working as a costumier for Amy for for many years before I then became her sort of go-to person at Angels in, with mm. jobs like Scylla and Barbara Windsor. And I think Cold Comfort Farm was probably the first job that we worked on, and Amongst Women. And, oh, no, maybe Richard did that one. But, but between the two of us, we've we've kind of built up, you know, a nice relationship with her. And, and, and in fact, so much so that at a point when I started designing, and incidentally, a lot of my approach to the way that I design, as well as as apply myself to you know the facilitating designers that come into angels has been because of the many years spent working with amy because i really really think that her practice is 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 amazing her 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 research her resourcing her relationship with performers and understanding the psychology of performance and uh, her approach towards her teams yeah it's She's um she's a, a a person to be reckoned with, and I and I think she brought that out in 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 their chat. No, definitely. I mean, she she's such an approachable person as well, and always happy to talk about things, even if it's a 
just a random conversation about something she's working on or anything and you can you're right the level of research she does is fantastic mm. and i mean the other thing she did i mean going through the list of everything she's done which is an incredible cv and range of productions she's worked on film theater and tv it's such a long cv you know the it is with it's John crazy Fender and all that early bbc work and, mm. and then her work in theater and her, her collaboration with tom cairns and hildegard Beschler and it, it's really a complete all-round world that that amy inhabits and she's got great relationships like personal relationships with performers and mm. I've, 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 Sid. Um, I was about to say, you've worked with Sid. Yeah, who's really quite an amazing artist in, in her own right, fine artist. Mm. And ultimately, that's her direction. That's her, that's her aim. But in the meantime, in, not so much in order to get to that aim, end game, but, but to, to kind of work now, she's stepped into the world of costume and her approach is very artistic and and really thorough and yeah we've worked on a couple of theatre jobs together and I know now that she's assisting Amy on the crown yeah the crown and they've had they have a great relationship a good working relationship and similar vision similar views it's always good when Sid comes in because we've always had the conversations over the past few years Sid and I about working in fact with the family or family business and uh, just the stories between it when people realize who your parents are at times who didn't realize and she's great to work with as well but yeah. with 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 um with Amy's career as well she got to do the first season of Call the Midwife and setting up setting the scene for a TV series is is fantastic ability to do but I mean not there's not a huge there is obviously pressure on you you don't know it's going to continue that far but she basically established the look and feel of what's to come from my god call the midwife we were like that was 2012 so eight years ago yes you don't know that this is going to yeah. take off in the way that 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 did but in terms of the approach the creating the world and establishing the world that's why ultimately as a as a designer it's you know to be to be in on the beginning of anything is mm. is ultimately what you're aiming at and what what you would hope to achieve as a mark of uh, success within your career, and I think Amy did three. Uh, she did two. I think she did season one, and then she did parts of season two. Right. If not all. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 by that point, the world is created, and then in addition, you move forward in time. So there's always going to be something to add, but the core in terms of the characters are there. And then you go take it one step then she then moves into the crown right uh she's moving into another world but that's completely it that's the a unique thing of the crown at least is it is so different because you're so you're saying the time shifting the characters might be getting there but the, at least the designs there is no nothing to base on does that make sense yeah, there's, there's not no, a there's no, no establisher there's yeah. no precedent so so yes amy's decision to take on the crown was an opportunity to delve into a a myriad world of different levels of, you know, working with civilian crowds, working with aristocracy, working with royalty, and all that that entails with a new queen. So it was a perfect opportunity at that point, changing mm. the queen for someone like Amy, at her level, um, at her calibre, to come in and 
go for that world. It was a great chat with Richard. I'm sorry he's not here to, for us to say it to him. He is, uh, he has gone away with his hanky on his had, head and sunning himself somewhere, I'm sure. The next conversation we're releasing is Jonathan's chat with Sarah Bowen, MBE. My chat with Sarah Bowen. Yeah, it was, it was a lovely chat. Richard and I have an amazing working relationship with Sarah over many years. And we explore her start working in backstage in the theatre part-time as a, as, a, as a fashion student, actually, who then went on to take the uh, theatre options that were available at that time at college. And it's lovely to hear her point of view on how best to access the stock here at Angels and use our making and manufacturing and how important it is that she forges really strong relationships with costume designers as a supervisor. But the difference with Sarah is that she's a supervisor par excellence who also has, in my opinion, a design aesthetic and is prepared to take the responsibility that that role has in terms of detail and hard work, making sure that the designers absolutely supported at every level and at the same time logistically rallying the the troops that she would need to for all the operas and theatre pieces that she's worked on over the years. And, and they really are, you know, RSC, National, and now currently the position that she has at the ENO. It's definitely, it's a fascinating chat and can't wait to release it. And here is a small excerpt from Jonathan's conversation with Sarah Bowen. So Porgy and Best designed by Kathy Zuber. So we, that was a co-production with the Met and with uh, Netherlands Opera in Amsterdam. We built it here in London. Uh, we built it in, some in Angels. So all the menswear was done in Angels. And we used Angelica in Dusseldorf, the lady chorus. And so we we started that show. We put it on. We put it on at the Coliseum, and then it went to Amsterdam, where I went with it for a few days. Met Kathy, did a few principal fittings with her. Uh, went back again for the stage rehearsals, and then it went to the Mets. But the supervisor for the Met came and met us in Amsterdam and in London so we would talk through the show with him and then we sent everything to him 